NHR the podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, NEI Hoops Nation, and hello, Pat. Uh, we are jumping right into our next episode, and uh, you know it's been a great season so far. Uh, we didn't take last week off uh, just because we had some COVID issues that uh, with our guest speaker, and we uh, decided that. Uh, like, like we keep talking about, Pat, you know, nobody listens but tunes in for us. They tune in for the coaches. So, <laughs> you know, we figured that maybe we should just go ahead and uh, skip the week. Plus, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you got you to gotta take a breath and get uh, going. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, those, those COVID issues are happening all around the country. I think uh, this past week we saw, I, I joked, you know, that in the Daily Dive today that we, we saw uh, as many two-nothing games as we've ever <laughs> passed, you know, and some great defenses or poor offenses. I don't know what it is, but, uh, you know, it's uh, just one of those things that's happening around the NEI right now. Right, yeah, and you're going to learn a lot about teams um, and kind of what they can handle here as they, as they come down the stretch of the season where you have a game canceled, can you refocus, can you, you know, get your head level and move on to the next game. So certainly the season's already challenging enough. This COVID dynamic is just making it, you know, that much more difficult. Well, and I was hoping we were going to – yeah, you know, I, I hate to go every office episode and talk about it, but it's just something that's right. prevalent right now. So you kind of have to. But, you know, we're seeing teams that haven't played games since the middle of December right now, you know, that were scheduled to come back after uh, after the holiday break and play three or four games. And they just haven't got those games in. And, and you're just seeing a lot of um, um, <laughs> interesting schedules out there right now. And unfortunately, you know, we thought it was past us. But, uh, you know, like you said, everybody's moving forward and everybody's dealing with it. I know every right. situation is a little different um, and, and every league's a little different, but uh, you know, right now you just kind of move forward as it goes and we, we just go. And then, you know, as we get closer to, to tournament time, you know, it'll be interesting just to kind of see how there hasn't really been, I, I haven't seen any like big time forfeits, uh, you know, with some of the top 25 teams, but like, you know, as you start getting those fringe, you know, maybe quote unquote bubble teams, um, you know, you kind of wonder what, what a resume will like, and, and, you know, this week, Pat, I don't know if you know, but, uh, we're supposed to have the, the, uh, ARC, the ARC ratings and the strength of schedule right. and the RPI ratings come out this week. Uh, it's the first time that they're coming out this season. And you kind of wonder what a, what a forfeit looks like that and that, because we didn't even have that last year. We, you know, everybody postponed and rescheduled, uh, games last year. So it just, to just kind of see where these teams, you know, what, what it does to a team when you see a 2 nothing forfeit or a 2 nothing win, you know, how does it affect your RPI? How does it affect your, you know, your strength of schedule and, and things like that? Right, and it, it's a little disappointing. I know everybody was kind of looking forward to Loyola versus Talladega, and that got postponed, but it got postponed to the end of the year. And so you would love to see that game be played a little bit earlier. You know, at the end, things might be a little more set, where now it, it would have just a little more juice behind it if it's played early January. So – yeah, obviously it's all been really disappointing, but that's the world we're living in right now. Like you said, everybody's dealing with it. I think the, the most important thing is teams just have to focus on themselves, right? You've got to be really, really good at what you do. Obviously scouts are important, but take this time to really focus, really be sharp, you know, and execute offensively and just tighten things up defensively. So teams got to be tough. Teams got to be disciplined. And, and, you know, that's what that's what wins at this level. Yeah, and I think you're just seeing a lot of uh, unique opportunities. You know, you're seeing you're, it's not just players affected. I mean, we're seeing games that are coached by you know assistant coaches right. and where the head coaches are at, and you're just seeing the dynamics of teams. And I think that uh, I think you're absolutely right that teams that are 
the most disciplined, the ones that are, you know, you obviously have to have good scouts and whatever team shows up on your floor to play, you know, you make the adjustments from there. But you're seeing those teams that aren't not just deep with players, but, you know, the ones that really, you know, understand each other and are, and are a tight-knit grip or tight-knit group, um, you know, they're really just pushing forward and not letting any of these affect, affect games. You know, I uh, I mentioned it uh, this weekend. I mean, and, and even Talladega, uh, you mentioned them. They're a team that, you know, their only loss of the year, they were without their best player. And, and you know, like, again, I, I know why he's out. It wasn't COVID. But, you know, guys are missing games because of a lot of different things right now or different reasons right now. And right. Uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, that it's part of the year, part of the season. And, and those teams that are uh, are are really, I think, contenders or real contenders are uh, you're seeing them still shine. Right, yeah, and this is the hardest part of the season, I think, for maybe those teams that aren't contenders. So it seemed that maybe it's kind of struggling in conference play. How do you stay motivated? How do you, you know, stay focused and finish the year strong and start building towards next year? So you got to stay. I keep saying disciplined. You got to stay disciplined. You got to stay ready. Um, but yeah, I think we're really starting kind of to see the cream rise to the top, and the good, good teams are really starting to separate themselves and, and are starting to play at a really high level. Yeah, I think that's a good segue into, you know, a little bit just a, a look around the country right now and, and uh, some of the, the conference, um, uh, you know, ratings and, and conference standings right now. Uh, you are seeing, and for a majority, you know, majority of the teams that were picked, you know, first or second in the league are, are like you said, the cream's rising to the top and you're seeing them, um, you know, I, I look around the country and, and you talk about um, – you know, the, the Carroll out in the Frontier League and William Penn out in the heart. And, you know, you got teams like Thomas Moore in the Mid-South, who's a favorite, and Oklahoma uh, Wesleyan, you know, those type of teams that uh, – and there's more around the country. But uh, those type of teams that are that are uh, starting to separate themselves a little bit. And then you got teams that, you know, like the G-Pack, you know, Briarcliff. And and uh, I, I think – I don't have it on me, but I think they're finished – they're picked to finish sixth, I think, or seventh in the in the G-Pack. And all of a sudden, you know, they got a, a game-and-a-half lead basically in the right. – and with tiebreakers, it's probably more than that because they have actually got some really strong wins underneath their belt. So you got a team like them, um, you know, Indiana Wesleyan out in the uh, crossroads or in the crossroads, you know, as a, as a team that, you know, St. Francis was picked to win the league. You know, I don't think anybody's surprised to see Indiana Wesleyan there. They're playing great and they have probably have a stranglehold on, you know, I don't want to count anybody out. You know, they could always lose some games, but the teams that they've beat on the road already, you know, if you look at your, the remaining strength of schedule, you know, they get a lot of teams at home now uh, down the stretch, and that's going to be going to play in their hands because I can tell you right now that if Indiana Wesleyan loses at home, I would be, I would, anytime they lose at home, I would be shocked. But they, right. they, they're, that's yeah. probably maybe one of the hardest team places to play at or get a win at uh, in the country. So, you know, you got teams that like them, they're cream, they're cut right into the top, um, and even in the crossroads, and, and a team like Indiana Wesleyan that, uh, uh, maybe maybe is uh, not just the lead in the pack, but uh, with the strength of schedule, maybe the big time favorites right now to win the to hold on and win the league. So right, um, and yeah, then, and then you... we'll see teams we'll see teams like Huntington in that league start trying to play spoiler, right? Where Huntington is a team that will probably make the Crossroads League tournament, but lost on a last second tip in at Wesleyan, and then just knocked off Grace this weekend. So who are those teams going to be that start you know to kind of shake things up? It'll be interesting. Yeah, and then that that game was actually at Huntington. They lost on tip into right. to Iowa, but yeah, they, you know they're uh, you know they're not just playing spoiler either. Like 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 we keep talking about every every week, you know, on the episode. Like we do not know how this field of sixty four is going to pan yeah. out. Yeah, sure, we have yeah. all the the uh, automatic bids, and, and you can agree or disagree how the, the automatic bids are set up. 
you know, but this is a this is a situation where a team like Huntington, you know, the Crossroads League probably I would guess will get five teams in, you know. So, you know, they they got that even if they, you know, even if they're on the bubble, quote again, quote unquote bubble, you know, all of a sudden they knocked off a team like Grace and that's a good bubble win, you know. All of a sudden, all of a sudden the resume right. takes a big right. boost up. Um so yeah, they're playing spoiler maybe for to hold teams from the Crossroads title, but they're also uh, fighting for for what we think you know that is a league that may get five teams in um and, and if they're going to be the fifth team you know i think they're they're a team that uh, a grace win like are going to go over grace this past weekend uh as a big boost to that resume right yeah and it, the 64 is going to be so interesting we'll be there before we know it you know i i think we'll see the usual suspects and then yeah i, I just think that opens things up really to kind of showcase the talent across the country and just kind of see who can make some noise. I mean, obviously, we've seen it at the D1 level, NCAA D1, where, where there's always a Cinderella. But I think at this level, you're going to see the same thing. You're going to see teams that make deep runs that you don't expect to make deep runs. I mean, we saw it last year with Bethel, right, where Trayvon Cruz just put the team on his back, and, and they rode all the way to, what was it, the semifinals? Yeah. Yep. Eight, whatever it was. Uh, I mean, they so, lost to St. Francis, so. So, yeah, you're going to see teams, you know, you said, like, they're not spoilers. These are just good teams, right? These are teams that can compete. These are teams that, can, that are able to make deep runs. So, yeah, excited to see how these last few weeks of the season play out. Yeah, and we're, uh, you know, teams are still getting, or I should say uh, not just teams, but places are still getting their bids in. So, you know, they're a little bit different for those that don't know. Um, it's not like the NCAA tournament where, where everything, all the host sites are already predetermined, planned out. Uh, I believe the bids are due February 1st, maybe I think it is. And I, and I don't quote me on that, but I know that uh, I've talked to a lot of coaches this week that um, are actually getting bids in. So um, it'll be interesting kind of where the, where the host teams are and host schools are. And I think that's a big advantage too, because you're going to see some teams oh, yeah. host two, yeah. two games, you know, and, and just have to win kind of like Indiana was in last year, you know, they had to win uh, two games and, and I'm telling you again, I'll go back to it. They're not losing at home. So, uh, you know, when a team like that hosts, uh, you basically can pencil them to Kansas City. And then, uh, but we did see a team like Thomas Moore last year that did host, um, and, and they didn't come out of their, out of their bracket. So, um, does it give you an advantage? Sure. But, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see where, where some of these host bids are coming to the tournament, too. Um, not to get away from the kind of the conference tournament or conference uh, uh, standings and stuff like that. But just, to, you know, it's always important to kind of talk about the, the field of 64 because this is going to be the first time that we, we actually kind of see you know, what the committee is, is going to do. And then, like you said, um, you know, some of these teams, like a West Virginia Tech out of, out of the River States, League, River States Conference, you know, that uh, um, they're, all, they're as hot as anybody in the country right now. And the River States, uh, you know, they, they're, a te- they're a league that needs to, you know, make a deep run, you know, like to get some of that right, bigger respect right. in, the, in the country. And that's not a shot at the River States. I'm just – you know, trying to be honest, you know, that's a, that's a team or West Virginia Tech team can go win some games, uh, you know, and, and like they did last year. I, I believe them and, and uh, Ryo did win a game last year. If I, I can't remember the exact day who they all played. But anyway, you know, go go win a game or two or, or make Kansas City. And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe next year you get a second or third team in because, you know, you made a deep run this year. And, and that's some of those leagues are, are, are in that situation as well um, where, you know, they're – you know, you see the teams like, you know, like the, I'm just using an example, you know, the American Midwest Conference uh, and, and the North Star that, you know, right now they don't have anybody ranked or, uh, you know, how many votes to be ranked uh, in the top 25. And they're only out of 22 leagues, you know, if you count the independent league, um, 
you know, you're, those are the only two leagues. I believe they don't have anybody that has a, oh, and the Cal Pack, you know, there are three, three teams or three leagues that uh, don't have anybody that's even in the, in the receiving votes category. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, you know, they can go win a couple games. Uh, you know, Ben Mesa last year out of the Cal Pack, you know, again, different setup with, with how the tournament was set up, but they went out and went won a game, you know? So, um, yeah, just kind of, kind of looking at that situation a little bit this year and, um, and just kind of seeing, I, I'm interested to see some of these teams that are, are so hot, you know, and, and, and we see that in the, in the actual NSA tournament, you know, where, you know, uh, you know, those teams like the Murray States of the world that, you know, come in on, you know, 15, 16 game win streaks because they're, you know, they're just blowing everybody out in their league. You right. know, when they come in and they're, yeah. you just don't know what to think about them. Uh, and, and now, you know, I don't want to say that about West Virginia Tech because they played a, not, a tough non-schedule not and the River States, I think, is a little bit better than most people think, too. I mean, they got an undefeated Alice Lloyd uh, team out there, too, that is in the receiving votes uh, section right now. Uh, but they're undefeated, um, and they, they haven't played the toughest schedule yet. But, you know, as the River States Conference goes, if they remain undefeated, I think they're going to climb in. You can see them climbing in the top 25 as well. But uh, just teams like that, using them as an example, um, just kind of interesting to see how they come out and match up. And then, you know, they yeah. go win a couple games and see how that goes. Well, yeah, it's always interesting because – like I'm, I'm in the middle of the crossroads in CCAC, right? Which, from a, a playing style, could not be more different. Where the crossroads, for the most part, is up tempo, high scoring. The CCAC is a little more grinded out. You know what I mean? And so you run into these teams that really have differing styles when you get, you know, into the the tournament or a non-conference game, and the better team will be able to impose their will. So a team. I have to say it like Holy Cross is a team that tries to limit opponents to score to, you know, they want to allow 60 or less a game, right? That, that's what they're built on. Then, you know, a team last year, like Bethel was a team that wanted to just pour it on you, right? And try and score a hundred. So the really, really good teams are able to impose their will and control the game. So I think we'll see, you know, contra- contrasting styles and, and the better, you know, the better team just is able to do better, right? That's, yeah, I mean, it's, and, it's a lot easier said than done, but I mean, that's yeah, just the way yeah. it is. Like the good and, teams do it best. Yeah, and, and the cool part about the the you know, like the KCAC and and even the Hart and uh, Mid South and, and some of these bigger leagues that have a, a just a, a crazy amount of not just a crazy amount of teams, but a crazy amount of conference games. Um, you know, some of these people just want to see somebody different too. Right, uh, but also, right, yeah. also they they play so many teams with so many di- different styles within their their league that you may you know all of a sudden you're you know you may face a team that you know use an example may play a pack line defense and you've seen that before you know or you might see a team that plays a little bit more up tempo or, or has a little bit more athletes you know and, and or you may see a team that executes a little bit more and you know you're all of a sudden you're you've seen a, a right maybe not as good you know, as, as the league teams are going to face in the tournament. But, yeah, it's just kind of a fun look around the country, you know, as, as we start looking at some of the standings. And then you got, you know, even in the Southern States League, you know, we, we missed out on that uh, Talladega-Loyola matchup that uh, we were all looking forward to. But, you know, it's also one of those situations where, you know, they're uh, two, right now number one and number three in the country, and, and they're in the same league. So, you know, you're, you're – I'm interested to see, and they're, they play, you know, both of those two play contrasting style a little bit too. So, uh, you know, that's kind of, <laughs> kind of one of those games, you know, where you're just, you, like you said, it's at the end of the year. And, and I, I'm interested to see that one too, but uh, just kind of, uh, kind of fun matchups across the country. Um, and, and the cool part, and we can get into a little bit because we're going to bring uh, coach Chris Wright uh, from Talladega on uh, here shortly, but uh, 
you know, just one of those situations where they're in a new league this year too. So, um, you know, they're, they're starting to see this Southern state schedule a little bit different, uh, than the, than what they were, what they're used to, uh, in the GCAC. Um, so that's kind of just some stuff that, uh, you know, just plays into the whole. We are joined now by coach Chris Wright from Talladega. Talladega said 14 and one on the season four and in league play coach. Thanks a lot for, for coming on and taking some time for us. Having me, man. You guys are uh, big time. Awesome. Yeah, we'll get right into it. If you just want to talk a little bit, obviously the season in the last few weeks has been a little bit chaotic, right? So talk about the year so far, kind of the ups and downs, and how you guys have handled the postponements and the cancellations of the last few weeks. You know, um, obviously I feel you know very fortunate right now to be uh, you know our team's fourteen and one out of the gate. I thought we played really well, a lot better than I expected, to be honest. Um, you know, even though we had a lot of returners, we had some new guys and, you know, it takes some time to, you know, but, uh, you know, going into Christmas break, we went to California and, you know, we're missing a couple guys and Vanguard played really well and beat us. And so it's been really tough to sit on that loss for, you know, almost a month. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, you know, and then we get back from Christmas break and half our team has COVID and unfortunately I get it. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a, uh. You know, we're all at school and don't get to practice for a couple of weeks. So it's it's been an interesting start to the semester for sure. Yeah, and you mentioned that you have some new guys, but you guys are old, right? You have an old team. What's the value in that? What You know, as you handle a, a situation like the last month, right, what value does having such experienced guys bring? You know, I joke with a couple of our guys that they're almost as old as I am. <laughs> <laughs> but – uh no, you know, it, it's good. Like, I, man, I, I love our team as people. Um, you know, this is in my 19th year of, of college coaching, and this is the best just group of uh, men that we've had. You know, forget basketball. Like, yeah. we have really, really good human beings, and they're, they're a joy to be around every day. And so that's really helped us kind of weather this, uh, you know, this tough, tough stretch that we've had here. Right, yeah. And this probably kind of plays into it, too. You guys have had – I mean, you look at the season box score, right? And you've played, had so many different guys start games. You've had so many different lineups. You mentioned guys in and out of the lineup available, not available due to COVID. I mean, that's kind of unheard of, right? The, the minutes are really balanced. How do you get guys to buy into that? I mean, what is it? You know, I, honestly, I think that's a credit, you know, really to our assistant coaches and, and just our guys. Um, you know, I, and I really feel, you know, as a coach, if there is one lesson, you know, that we can teach our players while they're here, you know, it's really how to be unselfish yeah. because, you know, at the end of the day, I think if, if you learn how to be unselfish, then, you know, one day, you know, it's going to help guys be a better husband, a better father. Um, and so for us, that's, that, that's really our goal here is, um, you know, to prepare these guys for after basketball. And so that's, that's, you know, really one of the big things that that our program is built on here and you know we try really hard to, to get guys in the recruiting process that you know want to be a part of something bigger than themselves and they have done a you know just a heck of a job of buying into that this year you know i i played at holy cross and on this podcast i am, am very open and honest about my bias towards holy cross i would say second to holy cross and times mentioned on this podcast has been talladega just because i i am obsessed with defense so, one, you're allowing 49 points per game in conference play. I guess I'll just ask you bluntly, do you understand how crazy that is? I mean, that is almost unheard of for a team to allow under 50 uh, in conference play. 
Pat, you are really kind, man. That kind of makes my night. Uh, I don't, I don't feel like we're very good defensively right now. So, um, I mean, like, honestly, uh, you know, I'm kind of pissed at our guys. Um, you know, our last two games, we've been pretty bad on that end of the ball. And, uh, but no, and again, that's, that's a credit to our guys. You know, I know there's probably a lot of things that we do differently here. Um, you know, than a lot of our guys are used to, but, and you know, the first few weeks of practice that man, we're, we're an awful defensive team and, you know, they bought into getting better and better and better. And again, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have good assistant coaches and these guys have worked their tails off to, you know, to, to, to just continue to buy into what we're doing. And so, man, I, I do, I, I, I love our toughness and, you know, I, I hope that we can continue to build good habits and get back to where we were before, uh, you know, b- before the Christmas break. Yeah. And talk about the transition to a new league. How, how has that been this year? Um, you know, Pat, I- I've slept a lot less. I'll tell you what, um, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of really, really good coaches, man. Uh, you know, a lot better than me in this league. And uh, so it's, it's, it's really good, man. Top to bottom. I mean, you look to our league and you go on the road anywhere and um, you know, again, you don't get much sleep. And so, uh, you know, losing to Loyola in the uh, national tournament last year in the way that we did, I mean, it, you know, it was uh, pretty miserable at the time, but, you know, really made me understand what we have to do to be able to compete in this league. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things that at the time it was uh, <laughs> kind of felt like a curse, but in the end it was, it was a huge <laughs> blessing. And so, yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for all the coaches in our league and, um, you know, just really good people. You know, they, I really feel like they've been really welcoming to us. And, you know, I've been able to form a lot of good friendships with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> you think they're welcoming now? Wait till you hold them under 50 for two seasons in a row. Then I, I'm not sure how welcoming they'll be after that. But we'll see. Uh, <laughs> on the other side of the ball, you guys average less than 10 turnovers a game. So, you know, the discipline you show defensively also kind of carry, carries over offensively. You're led by Daryl Baker, right? But other than that, you know, what is it? What's the buy-in there offensively to, you know, kind of value each possession, you know, take care of the ball? Is that something you guys obviously put an emphasis on, but those two kind of go hand-in-hand, taking care of the ball and, you know, stopping teams defensively. That's usually a pretty good recipe for winning. Man, and as you know, it starts with really good players. I mean, I really think we have one of the best point guards in the country in, uh, in Campots. Um, our backup point guards, a guy, uh, Edwin Lewis, has been with us for three years now. And, you know, those guys, I can't say enough good things about those guys and running our team. You know, and to be honest, man, like, you know, looking at really evaluating myself as a coach, um, you know, my, you know, the one year I spent at CBC and then, you know, the three years here, we turned the ball over a lot. You know, we averaged, you know, close to 15 turnovers a game and, I really wanted to get a lot better at that, as, as, you know, just as a head coach. And so, you know, again, it starts with getting good players. But And, and we were in the preseason, and, I, again, I was pulling my hair out. I was like, man, here we go again. You know, we're going to turn the ball over 15, 16 times a game. And, um, you know, we, we looked up a lot of statistics. And, you know, no one that averaged more than 14 turnovers at any level has won a national title in the last 10 years. And, obviously, that's, that's really, really hard to do at any right. level. And so that's something we really started harping on our guys here. Um, you know, I, we were able to get a new assistant coach, uh, Coach Steve Ayala from uh, St. Edwards University, a really, really good Division II in Austin. And, uh, um, he, man, he's really, really helped us to uh, not turn the ball over. 
And so, man, I, that's the one area that I'm really, really proud of our team in. I think we're averaging about 9.5 right now. But if you know, yeah. if you'd asked me in August, I would have uh, probably bet my soul there's no way that would have been the case. <laughs> Coach, uh, I know you guys. Uh, you talked a little bit about being in a new league, and I'm uh, not just a. You talked about the teams and the coaches and stuff like that, but you know, you, you talked about it a little bit with us prior to coming on uh, about the travel schedule. Can you just talk about kind of, uh, you know, obviously you traveled a lot more uh, in the GCAC last year, but now. Uh, do you guys have more time to prepare for teams and, and uh, how many, you know, the state or town, stuff like that. And you guys, uh, are you guys uh, adjusting to, to life on the road a little bit? You know, we have a lot of road games coming up um, and a lot of games period, you know, looking at our schedule, I think, uh, you know, just because of the COVID stuff that we went through, uh, you know, our first 12 games of February, we have six, six games. And uh, so, you know, pretty much be an NBA schedule. And so, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been good, you know, being able to be in a conference that's, you know, not as spread out and we're able to, you know, there's a lot less overnight trips. And so, yeah, that from that standpoint, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's great. You know, I think the Southern States is um, just from a, you know, competitive standpoint. I mean, Loyola's number one in the country. Faulkner's really, really good. Stillman's really good. I mean, you go down the list. I mean, William Carey, they, you know, they've kind of had a tough year with some injuries and stuff. Dalton State. I mean, it's a lot of really like tradition-rich programs that, that that have had a lot of success, but also it's just a really, you know, great ran league. You know, Mike Hall, our commissioner, does a good job, and to be honest with you guys, it's been night and day difference from what we've experienced my third, my first three years here at Talladega. So, man, it's 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 definitely a challenge, but it's also been really good at the same time. Yeah, and probably a welcoming challenge too, because you know we we talked a little bit. Prior, uh, you know, Pat and I uh, to open the show because um, we don't really know what the this would be the first year of uh, a field of 64 and just eager to see, you know, what teams get. It, obviously, we have the automatic bids in there, but so to see what teams, you know, get three or four teams in that aren't, you know, auto bids. And, the, you know, Southern States, are, you know, the, one of those leagues that probably four in for sure and, and could probably sneak a fifth in. Um, that, and that just shows you the depth of it. But that's got to be start, part of the maybe the challenging part, maybe it funds the wrong word as a coach, but from a fan uh, perspective, you know, it's really fun just to see all these teams compete and uh, night in, night out. Cause it really is a great league and obviously a, a lot of great success on the national uh, in the national tournament as well, all the way, uh, you know, going into winning national titles and making deep runs at the national tournament every year. Being in the Southern States, it's uh, you know, it's, it, it's not a lot of fun. Um, you know, you, you look at the coaches in this league and um, you know, coach Sanderson at Faulkner is one of the best coaches in the country. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're really hard to play again. Stacy at, at, at Loyola, uh, I mean, they have great players. You know, they really guard you. They rebound. They run good stuff offensively. Um, and, you know, at the time it's really stressful. But at the end of the day, I know that, you know, it's really going to prepare us to make a deep run in March. You know, whereas, in the, you know, the GCAC, um, you know, and, and the league was really top-heavy. But you just don't see the, 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 the coaching and, you know, the players that you do in this league night in and night out. And so um, while it's not fun going through it, I know at the end of the day it's going to make us a lot better, you know, and, and hopefully help us get back to Kansas City and make a deep run. Yeah, no doubt. And that's a, that's a great point. We, you know, it's, a, it, you know, you and, and, uh, and Xavier leaving the league, you know, it's a, it's definitely going to be interesting to see kind of how that shapes out uh, this year uh, with, with so many or so few teams uh, now in the GCAC. But 
Um, SSA, or sorry, the Southern States uh, League is definitely going to make you more prepared. Uh, we hope to see you um, in Kansas City, obviously, again. Uh, enjoyed watching you play last year down there. Um, and hopefully this year, uh, you know, we can uh, – I know you guys uh, uh, didn't happen, didn't go as far as you wanted to. Lost to a tough Loyola team, but uh, maybe make a deeper run this year. And uh, we wish you the best of luck uh, getting to that goal, Coach. Fellas, I appreciate you guys. And I'll tell you what, if we do make it to Kansas City, a steak dinner's on me. So wherever you guys want to go, look it up, and I got y'all. <laughs> I appreciate you, Coach. <laughs> All right. Hey, you guys have a good night. Well, you too, thanks, you too, coach. coach. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. Another great talk with one of the great coaches uh, around the NEI. I know Coach Wright didn't give himself enough credit, so, you know, we can definitely do that for him. He's, he uh, is a great coach, um, does a lot of great things, uh, uh, not just, you know, he's been, been at a couple of schools now uh, in the NEI, but he's got a good uh, coaching record. Um, he's really done a great job at Talladega, um, making them one of the top teams in the country. Uh, currently at number three, um, and, and you know anything can happen. We keep talking about it, but they, they're definitely seem poised to make a deep run uh, into the national tournament this year. Right, yeah, and just an exciting time. I mean, that league, the conference tournament, that league alone is going to be exciting, right? So just excited to see that league play out. Yeah, you're going to have teams that are uh... kind of piggyback off that. That's a great point, right, where these teams that maybe haven't performed as well as they wanted at this point, you kind of said earlier, We'll start winning now, three, four in a row, make it to the conference tournament, make a deep run in there, then kind of are starting to find the rhythm. And you said it are used to being there, really can start making some noise. But all you mentioned Faulkner earlier, Loyola goes there tonight. Um, and obviously they're down their guy. But, I mean, just going on the road late in conference is going to be, you know, a big test on the road for Loyola. So excited to see that one. And then, I said it in the interview, I, I have to, you know, stick to my guns where, holy cross, a massive week for them, right? They play IUSB um, on Monday tonight, and then they play all of that on Saturday. So, in Calumet in between. So, a massive, massive week for them. Um, they're coming off a big win against Stritch. And, again, a team that maybe can, you know, start making some noise here, that, you know, and playing spoiler a little bit for, for these top teams in the conference. And so on Wednesday, uh, we got Cornerstone at Indiana Tech. And, and Cornerstone started off red hot. They got uh, cooled off a little bit, but they've played, uh, you know, a tough, tough schedule. Um, they're going to hit the road uh, and play Indiana Tech. And uh, there's there's a in the whack right now, you got Lords who's coming on strong. They've won 10 straight now. But, um, you know, definitely Cornerstone and Indiana Tech, uh, as far as, you know, whack powers goes and, and, and uh, you know, two teams that uh, want to, need that win maybe to uh if they're going to win a whack title um i think that game on wednesday uh is going to be a big one as well so uh keep your eyes out on that one you know we got another game uh and we haven't talked about them a lot and somebody that we start we need to start talking about uh a lot more because uh this briarcliff team out in the g-pack um is we we said that in the opener too that you know they're they're starting to position themselves with the wins that they do have and the road wins they have um, as, as the team to beat uh, in the G-Pack. And they got a tough Northwestern team um, who started come up, starting to find their stride, too. You know, they're a team that's coming off a, a national tournament appearance last year. They have one of the best uh, uh, players in the country, and Alex Van Kalesbeek, uh, he, he's really, really good. Um, but Briarcliff uh, is, is holding the dry, or holding the keys right now uh, in the G-Pack. So eager to see if they – it's that home game, but I'm eager to see if they can pull that one off. And I want, I want to jump to Saturday and, and... – when Marion goes on the road 
at Wesley. And, and you mentioned how tall of a task it is to go on the road and win at Wesleyan, but a huge, huge games in the game in the Crossroads League uh, this coming Saturday. So we'll be exciting to see. Um, I think Marion is really kind of starting to figure it out. So we'll see if they can go on the road and steal one at Wesleyan. Uh, you know, another league we don't talk a lot, we haven't talked a lot about. Um, a team I talk a lot about because I, I love uh, watching Xavier play. Um, if, if you like defense, you should watch them play a lot more too because I'm telling you right now that uh, they can flat defend. And uh, they've been without without the first-team All-American, Rashawn Martin. And I don't want to go on a, on a on too big of a tangent here because I know that John over at Small College Basketball uh, does a great job in, in uh, putting together the, the Bevo Francis uh, top 100 list is not easy because you're always going to leave players out. But uh, Rashawn Martin is a uh, first-team All-American from last year, uh, one of the best two-way players in the country, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, as a team that only averages, uh, you know, in the high 70s uh, per game, points per game, um, he's a guy that, that last year averaged 24 a game. So, you know, he's a big part of their offense. Um, night in and night out. And uh, a, a guy we mentioned on the call, you know, with Daryl Baker of, of Talladega, you know, him and him and the uh, Rayshon Mart were co-players uh, of the year in the GCAC last year. So um, that, that's my, that's my Rashawn Mart uh, for Bevo <laughs> France, the top hundred list. Uh, uh, I, I think I feel bad for him because I, I do feel like he, we, we've mentioned a lot last year and I don't know if, you know, you weren't part of the, the show last year until the last episode, but uh, you know, we talked about him last year because he's one of the most, underrated players in the country you know just people don't really bring him up he just kind of flies underneath the radar and then you know people started noticing last year and he got got to be a first team all-american so um just a player i, I love and, and that's why I, I i'm fighting hard for him i know that the list is already made so it's not gonna matter but i do want to i do want to mention that uh, if he's back because uh, he hasn't been out for a couple he's been out for a couple games here um but they're traveling to the fort and they gotta play lsu alexandria um the last couple games at, uh, at Alexander, they're another another team that hadn't played for a month, but uh, they're a, they uh, looked like they had some uh, COVID restrictions on their home court, so the the gym wasn't as packed uh, the last time I watched them play the other night. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if if they if that place is packed. I'm telling you right now, uh, that is one of the toughest gyms to get a win in, and and Alexander has been so good for so long. They're number 14 in the country. Uh, Xavier's gonna be number 19 in the country, so it's a top 25 showdown. Um, and that game at 7 p.m. on Friday uh, is one to circle uh, – or sorry, on Thursday. It's going to be Thursday, January 20th, uh, 7 p.m. Um, that's a game that you're going to want to tune into because uh, those are two teams you should see in the national tournament. And, and you're going to see, like you said, a little bit different styles of play between the two. Uh, but that's going to be a great game. But outside of that, Pat, I, I uh, you know, plenty of other good games. I know we don't get to all of them all the time. Uh, and I do feel bad to mention all of them, but we could be here – you know, if you just look at the games we just played on Saturday, you know, with the six buzzer beaters, you know, we, we, if we brought up every good game in, in any eye this week, uh, we'd be here all night. Uh, uh, and, and like we already mentioned, uh, everybody already turned us off because because Coach uh, Wright is done talking. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up for the week. Um, I appreciate everybody joining us. Um, another great episode. Um, I just want to just want to give a big thank you to end the show to everybody that listens and everybody that. Uh, uh, clicks on our articles. Um, it goes long ways for us. Um, you know, as we, we're trying to get uh, uh, not just, you know, financially, maybe we'll eventually we'll, we'll be able to do this full time, you know, but I think every click and every listen uh, helps us uh, bring that to, to potential uh, advertisers and, and, and people that want to sponsor us because, 
every click and, and we live in a world of clicks and views uh if you didn't know that pat and so uh, i just want to give a big thank you to everybody out there that does uh read or does share our stuff um and, and if you are listening to this still uh please on whatever platform you're on uh please uh not only just follow us uh, but also share click uh the, give us five star rate us if you think we're five stars um if you think you're a one just make sure you put past name in there for the reason why <laughs> um but uh but no, I, I do want to say thank you to everybody out there uh, that does pay attention and, and, and uh, enjoys our content because it does go a long way for us as well. So thank you so much. Um, but until next week, uh, and we will be back next week, I promise you. Um, this is Pat and Junior signing.